got a full house this week. I feel quite nervous. <laughs> yeah, so we've got Lauren, Ashton, Courtney, Naha, Sophie and Karis. It's a full Rian Pitcher's house. It's crazy. Woo woo! Exciting. Excited, excited, excited. So this is the point where I'd ask like you guys what you've been watching, but there's like so many of us. So mm. like do you just want to give like a general thing? Otherwise this episode's gonna be four hours long. <laughs> yeah. Should I go first? Am I going first? Go on. Okay. Do you, do you, so I've first. been watching We've been here all day. I've been watching um Zach Efron's Down to Earth on Netflix, which is really, really good and I'm learning a lot. And um, India. Oh, this is his like documentary. Like, I'm yeah. just Zac Efron. I'm Zac Efron. Yeah, so cares. like, I understood that he, like, he's always been objectively attractive. But when I was watching this, I was like, oh, wow, like, I'm really attracted to Zac Efron. Like, he's conscious and he's <laughs> responsible and he's like willing to learn and he loves, the, like, he just loves the earth. And I'm like, okay, Zac, I get it now. Um, so he's such a big that. dote. <laughs> yeah. Such a big dote. Oh, don't. He does like, he loves Leo DiCaprio, so I feel like this is him, like, still trying to be Leo DiCaprio. I think so. Maybe, yeah. I care about the world, too. A little bit, yeah. But it's really good. I'm only halfway through, but I'm really enjoying it. I'm learning a lot. I see him. And the um, second thing I'm watching is Indian Matchmaking on Netflix, which is just, like, a whole thing. Oh, my God. I'm not even, gonna, like, I'm not even going to try to tell you how I feel about it, because we're just going to, we're going to be here for hours. But it is, it's been a ride. <laughs> Yeah. See, is the premise literally like going through the whole process of them finding a suitable husband or wife yeah. and then going through the wedding? Or is it like the initial so stages? So I've gotten to the point where people are still meeting people. Like they're going on dates and stuff and trying to figure out if they like anyone. But what's really interesting is it's not just based in India. Like they're in America too. They're in Houston and they're in New yeah. Jersey. So kind of taking it out of the context of um, India. But yeah, I won't talk about it because we'll be here for hours. <laughs> Um, Courtney, what have you been watching? Um, I've been watching more movies than TV lately, which was like a shift. I feel like for a lot of the quarantine, I was watching a lot of TV, but um, I just Same. got... This is like... Do I ever not watch a depressing, awful thing? Um, I just got the, <laughs> the Criterion edition of a Czech movie called The Cremator, and it's very scary. Ooh. I would recommend if you like psychological thrillers so i should watch a cremator pre-world war ii and he gets involved in bad things oh (laughs) it's very fluffy afternoon film yep fluffy (laughs) and then i also what um i watched this another um older movie the swimmer um and it's literally uh burt lancaster just he swims home through like a bunch of different pools like he swims through all his neighbors pools to get home and that sounds really like almost goofy but it's like upsetting like it's super like it's like a psychological like he just like falls apart as he gets closer and closer to home so i feel like i've been like hit deep with that Yeah, it's it was the the tagline for it is when you talk about the swimmer, will you talk about yourself? You could say oh you uh, <laughs> were. Where could do you say, find these films? <laughs> no, you could say you went in at the deep end. I did. Oh. I don't write in. I don't write of puns. She had to do it. So that's Sophie, me. On that note, always uh, being watching the depressing movies. I love it. I love it. Um, Sophie, pun master, what have you been watching? I have, uh, oh God, I've been watching a lot of Channel 4 shows. 
Like I watched. Okay. Oh, I've I finally watched Chewing Gum. I've watched the first series. So good. Amazing. So, so good. good. Amazing. Highly recommend. Um, that's on Netflix. Both series. I need mm-hmm. to start the second one soon. I also watched Feel Good, which got, which has got, um, May Martin. Is she called the comedian? Anyway, rings a bell. Rings a bell. Canadian. It's got May Martin and Charlotte Ritchie, and it's really good. It's like a queer um, comedy show that's really good too and i also watched an episode of uh do you remember when that electric dream series came out on channel four oh like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get yes. Philip K. Dick stuff yeah i what we watched like one episode ages like over a year ago i think when it came out and then i've not watched one since and then we put one on that sounded interesting and only janelle monet turns up in it and i got so excited Ooh. it wasn't like the best episode ever but i was just like there she is there she is and then from then on i was just like oh look at her go and i needed to calm down but anyway i watched that that was pretty good um but yeah chewing gum like michaela cole is just fantastic would recommend i really want to watch i may destroy you but i'm so scared because everyone that watches it is like oh my god it's so heart-wrenching and emotional i'm like i don't know if i'm ready for that right now (laughs) just just gonna wait a little bit i'm gonna do that soon i'm gonna be on it soon yeah. yeah. Ashton, what have you been watching? Um, I most recently watched um, the documentary about Walter Mercado that's on Netflix. It's called Mucho okay. Mucho Amor. And I knew nothing okay. about him, but it's a really good documentary. Basically, he's uh, really popular in um, sort of South America and the Latin American communities. And he was a like a... Um, he basically was on TV every day right after the weather telling people their horoscopes. Mm-hmm. And he is in these okay. most incredibly flamboyant outfits. Like he's wearing a different bejeweled cape every episode. Dream job. And Dream job. Honestly, he looks amazing. He's just so fabulous. And he disappeared in the eighties. Oh, still- yeah. And basically, no well, one like, knew where he out went. of nowhere. Yeah, like literally, just wasn't on TV anymore. And so this documentary okay. basically charts his entire life. Uh, and it's just super interesting and really quite sweet and just watch it because it's just so good to watch um uh i think i'm trying to remember what i've been watching uh oh i started four more shots please (gasps) on amazon prime yes yes (laughs) what do you think i'm loving it so far i'm about halfway through series one Mm -hmm. um but again the whole female friendship thing just to slide that in um yeah i'm on theme (laughs) It's just really sweet and heartwarming. It's actually really funny as well, which mm. is something yeah. that I always appreciate in my in my TV. Yeah, I like where it, like heartwarming, light lighthearted stuff. Just you know, slide in with the whole dramas and crime documentaries and abuse storylines. It's nice to have a little break, isn't it, guys? Oh, definitely. Just a little one. Uh, Lauren, what have you been watching in your mobile home? I'm not there. <laughs> um... <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting that anxiety. If you know, whenever you're like doing the role at school and you're like last, you and you're, like, I was looking at you like as Ashton was talking. I was like, she's really anxious right now. I just want to give her a hug. Like it's freaking fine. out. Like, I, kept, I kept forgetting what I was going to say. Um, I wa- I've been rewatching The Office still um, on yeah. season eight now, so it's all downhill from here. Um, I uh, <laughs> started Glee again today because I just felt like that was appropriate. Um, and from the very beginning yeah um wow oh wow i've never actually seen the last series neither have i yet i saved it and i yeah. actually 
after what's happened i'm actually glad i've saved it now so it's gonna be quite nice to yeah watch so it. i'm gonna i'm gonna do that but uh yesterday i watched um hannah gadsby's new show the uh, douglas her stand-up special okay it's very All good right. okay it's very good mm. it's it's brilliant i love her i think she's hilarious and that's about it i really. watched a good stand-up for a while I, I think I can't do the last stand-up. I went through a stage of really watching, is it Fortune Feimster? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love her stand-up. Yeah. I think it's brilliant. And I got to know her from the Mindy Project. Yeah, and uh, I think she's fantastic. I hope she's going to be in more stuff because I haven't seen her in anything for a while. But, yeah, that's the last stand-up I watched. Because I like watching female stand-ups, but Netflix rarely freaking do them. There's Have you like, watched yeah. Hannah Gadsby's first one? No, I've not. So I'm gonna add those uh, definitely watch like Nanette that. first because she spoils Nanette <laughs> in uh, th- at the start <laughs> of Douglas. So yeah, okay, okay, I do that. I want Chelsea Peretti to do another one because hers was really good, and I feel like she's got a lot more material now. <laughs> yeah, um, I have been watching The Young Pope, mm. um, <laughs> which Courtney recommended to me like last year. Finally, go around to it. I just can't believe how cheeky Jude Law is as the Pope. Like, every now and then I have to, like, sit back and be like, he's the freaking Pope and he's being a little bad bitch, like, with the sass. (laughs) Honestly, um, but it's it's a really gorgeous show. Like, everything about it is so gorgeous and beautiful and I'm really enjoying that. I'm still watching Perry Mason. Um, Again, it's a really great show. I feel like it's just suddenly picking up a little bit with the speed and the pace. Mm. Um, And Matthew Reese is fantastic in that. Um, and I am still watching, rewatching The Office. Rewatching The Office? Yeah, rewatching The Office. But the main thing I've been watching, guys, is Lizzie McGuire. And oh my God, <laughs> and I know we all love it, but this show is so clever. Like, the writing of Lizzie McGuire is so spot on. I have to every now and then remind myself that it's a Disney show because <laughs> it's so cheeky. It's, and her parents are brilliant. And yeah, I absolutely love it. So honestly, if you've got Disney Plus, just please watch Lizzie McGuire because there's like a stupid amount of episodes as well. There's only two seasons, but each season has like 30, 40 episodes. Wow. So yeah, I don't know what that was about. But um, but yeah, I absolutely love it. But don't Google what some of them look like now because it's quite heartbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this week's theme is female friendships in film. So it's quite nice. We've got the whole girl gang here today, yeah. actually. Um, so when we did some research for this, Alex um, did some great research again for this. The the whole female film didn't really kind of come about until like the late nineties. Like we didn't really have films about female friendship until that time period. Um, and then I think it kind of progressed a lot more in the twenty tens. We started getting more films that were solely about them and didn't really include men. But we're going to talk about some of them today and some of our favourites. So one of the earliest um, is Clueless, which is ridiculously popular. Uh, It's loosely based on Jane Austen's Emma. We've kind of, um, we spoke about this before, but I think one of the things about Clueless is you have this, you have this great cast of young people and Cher really can, does want to do anything for her friends. And when we look at the other kind of iconic films like Mean Girls, for example, they're not really about doing anything for your friends. It's more about doing anything for you. But this is based in high school. So what I wanted to ask you guys was, how many of you are still friends with girls you were friends with in high school? Hands up. Me. I know this is bad on a podcast. Uh, technically yeah. sixth form. That six, still counts. Yeah, that counts. That counts. <laughs> yeah. I have. So everyone put their hand up there. Mm. 
What I was going to say was, would, do you think that Cher would still be friends with Dion and Ty now? Ooh. As older women. I think that Dion would have gotten tied with Cher shit eventually. Yeah. Um, I felt like there was a weird valid. power play. Um, yeah. I think Dion would have just like... It's too hard for me to unknow the fact that she's a Republican though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, like, they're not going to be friends that, if she's out there. <laughs> is that Stacey Dash? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. One thing I wanted to bring up is that um, there's been a few articles that have come out recently about the black best friend in films, mm-hmm. particularly teen dramas, particularly teen shows. And obviously within Clueless, you have um, just a few black characters and predominantly one of them is Dion with Cher. And I just found it interesting how this is obviously, like I said, it kicks off in the 90s. But as we do go through these films, we do see that kind of repeated a little bit. Um, until we get to films like Girls Trip where it's all predominantly about a black girl group of friends I think we do see more in TV but I thought I'd just ask you that because as I've said we spoke about Clueless ridiculous amount of times before what I'm going to talk about is Still Magnolias now this is a film that stars it's, I mean the cast is absolutely incredible you've got Dolly Parton, oh, yeah. Sally Field Shirley MacLaine, Julia Roberts, Daryl Hannah I thought they were remaking this for Netflix but it's not, is it? Oh. <laughs> never watched it. It's a completely different show. <laughs> That's Sweet Magnolias. Sweet Magnolias. Yeah. But you can see where my confusion came from. <laughs> Wait, what's the other one called? There is a Steel Magnolias remake oh. for Lifetime, and it's um, um, Queen Latifah. It's an all-black the- cast. Oh, really? I'd watch that. Yeah. That's yeah, I, I never saw it, but I remember the ads and stuff. Like, I remember there was, like... That's cool. I, my mom watched a lot of Lifetime, so... <laughs> I, do you know what I'm really worried about? Is that, obviously, it's, like, July now, and I'm like, am I going to get all my new Hallmark Christmas yeah. films on time? Because <laughs> I, I, I need... I do feel like even if you just watch the old ones, though, like, there's not going to be anything revolutionary in any of the new ones. So it just, it's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's like the same thing. It'll be the same recital yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Still Magnolias was a 2012 film that was a remake with an all-black American cast. So you had Queen Latifah in that um, and Alfre Woodard. I had no idea about that film. That's no, the first I've heard of it. I'd be interested to see that. I would be interested to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Still Magnolia, before I saw this film, everyone told me it's it's one of them films that... Do you ever get told about certain films? Oh, you'll cry at that. Mm-hmm. That's a crying mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. It's like a weird adjective they use, isn't it? But with this film in particular, it was about a group of women coming together despite the fact that they had different ages and... Um, in the play that inspired the film, there's actually no men in the play at all. Sounds fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I did like this film because it showed the female friendship despite challenges. And I feel like in life, there's certain girls that you become friends with that they are happy to be friends with you unless there is something that you need from them. And I'm not, I don't mean as in like, um, like a materialistic thing, but have you ever experienced it where you're friends with someone, but then when you really need a friend, they're no longer there, like for an emotional element? Yeah, they're here for a good time, not for the tough times definitely okay drake i was literally about to say <laughs> i thought she was quoting drake <laughs> oh god was i ew oh mm. an accidental yeah. quote there Love no that. you ch- you yeah. changed it up you changed it up at the very end there oh good you said tough time <laughs> you said tough time he says long time 
long term. Uh, see, I yeah. yeah, I mean, for me, it's more about the tough stuff. Like, yeah, there are some friends that they're like, they don't want to know you the minute you've got mm-hmm. a problem, and that is the shame. That's what I did like yeah, about Stone Magnolias, actually, that they were there for everything that happened for each other. Yeah. And the other thing was like they were all very different. Like I know you mentioned the generational aspect, but also for me, like there's a character who's very Christian. And she yeah. drives them mad because she's literally praying every five minutes. Uh, and they were, like, rolling their eyes, but that didn't stop them. Whereas, you know, some people, that is a problem. They're like, oh, God, I'm sick of it. I'm not going to be... I can't be with her anymore. They're just kind of, like, rolling mm-hmm. their eyes. But they stay friends with her. And they still support her through everything. And that's just... It's very nice to see. There's one element in this film as well where you've got the character Shirley MacLaine, who is this really difficult woman. She's very aggressive. She doesn't like anything happening. I think she complains to them about your drilling is angering my dog. Look at him. He's shaking kind of thing. Something I totally do, by the way. Um, but they kind of force her to be friends with them. Like they, they, re- they recognise in this woman that she's got anger inside her and she clearly needs someone to be there for her as a friend. And even though she's pushing them away, they're still forcing her to be friends with them, which I really liked because I feel like um, in life there are people that just don't un- don't know how to kind of communicate with other people. And sometimes it's nice to kind of break down that wall and be like, we're here if you need us kind of thing. But, um, but yeah, I do, I do like the film and that's one of the early ones. Um, another one that came up is Beaches. Now, this is another one of the films that whenever I mention it, people are like, oh my God, you're going to cry at a film. Yeah. Now, yeah. Sophie and Neha, you've seen this film. Mm-hmm. Is this the one with the song? What's the song that's in this film? You are the wind beneath my yeah. wings. Did you ever know <laughs> was... that you're the hero? I... There we go. That wasn't me. I'm glad Lauren. I'm glad Lauren took the lead of that because my yeah. voice would not have been the singer as of the group. <laughs> <laughs> I watched that weird story about that. I watched that when I was like maybe 11 or 10. I can't remember. I was young. Yeah. And I had, yeah. I was ill off school with like tonsillitis or something. And it was on TV and me and my mum watched it in the afternoon together. And I remember Aww. not expecting it to be that. Yeah, no, I mean, Because I yeah. obviously at that age, people aren't recommending you to watch Beaches. So no, no one was like, hey, go watch Beaches. They're like, hey, go watch this new Disney. So I was just yeah. like, what is this? And I was sobbing my little heart out. And I've not actually watched it since, but I've always got a nostalgia for it. Probably more nostalgic. Like more, I probably over-romanticized that afternoon. Yeah. But in my head, I was what like is- ill under a blanket with my mom. Yeah. Watching this less sweet but sad film. And I want to rewatch it. What is it, it actually about, though? Because I don't know anything about it. Like, are they best friends? Does someone die? Yeah. Like, are they in love? So, like, yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio, right? He... <laughs> <laughs> I'll let Neha take the lead, because I feel like you've watched it more recently than me. I watched it at uni with my housemate, and again, it was it was one of those days where like, we were both going through shit, and I don't know why we sat down to watch, mm-hmm. like, the saddest movie on the planet. But um, it's essentially a really sad Grace and Frankie. Um... So it's okay. Got, yeah, so it's got uh, Bette Midler and Barbara Hershey, and they p- play best friends. I think Bette Midler is like an actress. I think her name's Cece, and yeah. um, Barbara Hershey is a lawyer, maybe. And she's like high flying. Yeah, I think, she, isn't she? she's, she's yeah, very rich. She's super wealthy, and they're essentially just two very different people who became best friends and remain best friends, even though you know you've got. Uh, which one is it that hooks up with that guy? But then the other one, I don't know. It's like that, you know, that whole thing that happens. Um, and then spoiler alert for anyone who's actually going to watch it Barbara Hershey's character dies at the end 
at the. But bit. she gets this really awful, like degenerative. She disease, does, right? yeah, and it's def- it, and it's so sad. Yeah, and it takes a toll on both of them. And I think, from what I remember, Cece found it really difficult to just watch her decline and like mm. not be well, not not be the person that she knew, but just just it was just it was not. It was not nice. And I think, I'm pretty sure she died at the beach house that they both used to stay in. Like, it was, it's just really sad. And and, um... and then, doesn't she, Barbara Hershey's character, have a kid? And she leaves yes. the kid with Cece Victoria, to look after. I think. And I, I remember, like, being emotional about that and being, like, at age, like, 10 or 11, being like, if I die and have children, <laughs> who will I leave them with? Yeah. <laughs> Is there, like, a it's shot silly. of, like, a beach chair, like, an empty beach chair? Why does that? Is Probably. that the only oh, memory God, I have? I'm getting emotional. I haven't maybe. even watched it. I watched I it that, whenever I was maybe like 17 and two of my best friends were like, this is the best film. Like, you're going to cry so much. Ah. And because they kept telling me that I was going to cry, I was like, I'm not going to cry at this film. So I just sat there like yeah. stone faced <laughs> and they were like sobbing. I was like, it's not even sad. People die all the time. <laughs> like, <it's> like, <laughs> wow. I bet you saw it. And they were like, damn. I, know, I cried. Steal. Like I cried at the weakest link. Like to be fair, like I was just being a dick that day, and I apologize. Orla and Amanda, if you're listening to this, it was sad. You were right. <laughs> <laughs> so, like with that film, it sounds like it's about mourning a friend's death. And I was just thinking when I was going through the research before the show, you don't have many films that kind of talk about that experience. We mm. see films where you know you mourn a husband or a wife or a child or a parent, but you don't really have that. And for me, like the idea. Off. I mean, when Neha, when you were sick earlier this year and we thought you had the coronavirus, I cried because I was like, I can't deal if she dies. That's right. I was I so, text I Lauren. Oh I God. was like, I was texting Karis like, like, have you heard about Neha? <laughs> like, what's happened? <laughs> Is she all right? Like, but that feels like that was about three years ago. And I know. It does. I don't even remember what but COVID that's... feels like. I'm one of the lucky ones, I think. Did you have it? Yeah. Yeah. Did yeah. you have it? Yeah. yeah Did you it. actually have it? Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> I would have been way more news worried on the if podcast. you actually had it. <laughs> yeah, but I, no, no, I was like, I was fine, Touchwood. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's totally fine. Yeah. That's mad. But like, not to digress too much, but honestly, like, I don't think I know any film where it's a young person who loses yeah. a friend. I mean, TV shows, we have a lot of TV yeah. shows yeah. to deal with it. I mean, freaking 13 Reasons Why, let's not even get onto that example. Christ. But it, it would be interesting to have more films that show those stories. Because I think the idea, like, losing your best friend is a or even your best friend, like, just your friend is a huge mm. impact on your life especially for young people when like mm. I mean when you're growing up your friends are everything you go to you spend your whole weekends with them you spend your holidays with them like you, you're like by a family um, so I'd like to see that more in film but it seems like there's not many films out there like that I mean Beach is like you said it's, it sounds like it's a long illness and she has children mm. so I don't know I mean what do you guys think would that be a good idea to have more of that in film? I would really like yeah. that because like as I think just showing like and not even necessarily death, but just, like, dealing with, like, chronic illness with younger people. Like, mm-hmm. yes, I've dealt with that. I might, spoiler alert, be dealing with another thing right now. So it's, like, and I, I literally, like, cried last night because I was so frustrated that, like, it feels wrong because you're young. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And mm. you don't see it. You don't see. And especially, like, it is always, like, husband and wives or, like, even, like, kids and parents that deal with it with each other. But, like, to see, you know, you deal with it with your friends, I think that is... Because that's, like you said, that's your family. Like, that's important to you. And, like, that's 
I don't know. It, it's such a part of life that happens every day that for some reason is super unexplored in media. Mm. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting because I read a fair amount of YA books, like young adult books, and there's quite a lot that do deal with friends dying. Yeah. So it's weird yeah. that that's not translated to like film and TV. Because I, yeah. I was just thinking and I was like, I can't think of any films, but think- like. I think the in terms of young is is there one with like Tony Collette or is that are they sisters with is that the don't one don't even that is on my list to talk about today but that's the only film I could think of 50, 50. essentially yeah so 50 50 yeah 50 50, 50. 50. yeah, yeah. True. that's a good one Anna Kendrick so you've got 50 50 you have this film missing you already which essentially Tony Collette has cancer and it explores her friendship with Drew Barrymore and honestly it is a beautiful beautiful film but if you are emotionally fragile wait till you're a little bit stronger because it really will whip you apart but what I really loved about that film is that it showed the kind of fragility of life and friendship but also how friendships change and I think many what we don't get educated about when we are teenagers is that your friendships are going to change I have friends that I've been friends with for 15 years but we've had times where I've not spoke to them I hate them I don't want to speak to them you know boys Mm -hmm. get involved girls get involved and it is difficult to kind of realize that you are going to change as people but it doesn't mean you can stop being friends Mm. um I don't know it's a strange thing and that's another thing we don't develop in film a lot we kind of just have these unrealistic friendships that are like we've been friends since eighth grade i'm like how how have you not fallen out tell me i mean i think too it's that thing though of like chosen family and you know friendship is just as much a family member like i mean my best friend i've been friends with for 24 years Oh my wow. god. <laughs> yep. Uh we met in uh nursery school when we were four and we we're still friends to this day. Um and we've never really fought I love that. or anything. I wish I had that. But like to me, like, you know, we've had discussions about like you know, she's an only child, so like uh she lives two hours away and her parents live here and you know, during the this whole COVID thing, I was like, Do you need me to do anything? Because she uh works as a radiographer in a hospital so she couldn't come home and you know, like that kind of thing. You I feel like that's not explored a lot like mm-hmm. well I just think in general like you know I would tell things to my friends that I would never say to my family do you know that's what I mean yeah. so like my, yeah. my friends yeah. know me yeah. probably better than most family members do so I think and like obviously parents are one thing but like I don't know there's something about like you just tell your friends things I think it would be just as bad to I lose think- a friend as anybody else like I've oh, got yeah. a friend yeah. who, she's a twin. So her and her twin met this girl when they were in, they were like two years old, I think. And they've been friends with her ever since. They're like all 25 now. Mm-hmm. And they literally, it's, a, the, it's just like a pair of twins and this only child who are just like <laughs> best friends still. Triplets? And have been, like the only way that, the, like the, the two twins, they would never talk to anyone else at school but her. Like people thought they were mm. telepathic because they'd talk to e- they talk to each other, but they were they wouldn't talk to anyone. They were like creepy twins at school. <laughs> and then she, I only this met her when I was like, you about having twins. <laughs> and then like they'd only ever talk to this other girl, and I was just like, that's so fascinating. That like you've stayed friends this whole time, and you were just like you gravitated together at like nursery, and then ever since you've just been like, this is it. We're complete. Like they've got other friends, but like their yeah. group is just yeah their group. yeah. 
I, I know girls like that. Like I have, I know girls that have been best friends with the same girl since they were in like reception or E1 mm. and they're still best friends now. And I always wanted that friendship. And I don't know, maybe I'm very difficult to be around, but I just, I no. never really had that. Cause I feel like as you transgress through, like you go to secondary school and yeah. I, I didn't go to the same secondary school as my best friend. And then midway through secondary school, I moved to another secondary school. Mm-hmm. And then I went to sixth form cause my school didn't have a sixth form. And then after sixth form, I went to college. And I think you get met with all these different... I mean, Courtney, you probably had this because when you went to college, you moved across the country. You get met with all these stumbling blocks. And I think the beauty of like us having the internet now and another thing we don't see in film is how the internet kind of stabilises friendships like that and Mm -hmm. builds them. We'll get onto that subject in another bit. But it's hard. And I I do look at them friendships and think, wow, you're so lucky to have been in that environment where you went to all the same schools, you stayed in the same town. And it's it's very lucky, and I think that's why in some films it's quite unrealistic, like the friendships that we do see. Like we're going to talk about Booksmart in a little while, and I think we both know that those two girls probably didn't remain best friends when they went to college or when they went somewhere else. But yeah, it's just just something I thought about because I've always like said to you, Laura, like I'm just so jealous of people who have all these friends. That's <laughs> and they another can thing, face though. To face is you need to also another thing that i wish was maybe normalized more in like movies and stuff it's sometimes you need to learn to let go mm-hmm. of oh friends because yes. i had that big time it was a mess and like it could have not been a mess if maybe we both just were like peace this isn't working but you know you don't know what to do because you think like we've been friends for so long like mm-hmm. but people yeah. change mm-hmm. yeah on, on that note, let's jump ahead and talk about Frances Ha. So mm-hmm. Frances Ha is a film that explores female friendship, mm-hmm. but it explores essentially a breakup with yeah. female friendship. And I've said before, I feel like when you break up with a friend, it can be as emotionally exhausting yep. as breaking up with a significant other. And I mean, there's so many different elements to friendships. You have toxic friendships, you have controlling friendships, you can have friendships that are actually very, very, very... I'm trying to think of the word for it, but just hard to work with. And it can be really mm-hmm. daunting to not be friends with someone anymore because you want to kind of go your way or things like that. I mean, I know Courtney, you've been through this. I know Asher, you've been through this. He spoke mm-hmm. to me about this before. But with Francis Hart, we see two friends drift apart and one of them deal with it a lot better than the other. And I hadn't seen that in a film before, so I did no. find Francis Hart quite groundbreaking on that retrospect, is that it they dealt with it as a love story. Because like you said, Lauren, like it's your chosen family. Yeah. So when you do break that bond because of something that's happened, it can be very hard. I think what's so good about I love Francis Hart, but I think what's so good about it is like that you see them drift apart, but not drift apart because like they obviously don't mean to it's just that they've got other stuff in their lives to be doing and the fact that like because francis takes it so badly obviously and then sophie is taking it better but i think she's doing more with her life like as in like not in like a judgy way she's just busier than francis is but she also does miss her but she just doesn't say it as much and I think at the end, when they do come back together kind of thing, you realise that although because they're not living together anymore, they're not going to be in each other's pockets, mm. which means that it will be a different friendship, but it doesn't mean it, start, it still isn't a best friendship. Like, they're still best friends. It's just that you need to learn to, like, be apart and be friends mm. in that manner. Like, just because they haven't yeah. spoken for three days, it doesn't mean they're not best friends. And I think that's so yes. nice is when they look at each other at the end, you get that feeling of like, no, they're still best friends. That It's just different. But I think Francis just can't 
she's never dealt with that she can't deal with it and obviously sophie can she knows how she's kind of dealt with it in her brain but francis is like having a She's also just having a life crisis, generally, mm. I think. But. Yeah, to be fair. <laughs> I think that's the main kind of crux of the film. One thing I want to ask you guys is... Because one thing that really played in my mind... Like, since I was probably about eight years old till about 16, I had a best friend. Like, I had one... I had lots of friends, but I had one friend who was, like, my best friend. That I'd openly say, you're my best friend. And then I didn't really have one. And I still don't really have a best friend now. And it took me a long time to realise that that's actually okay. Mm-hmm. Because I actually find the idea of having a one best friend quite strange yeah how do you guys feel about that i agree yeah there's this line in the mindy project where uh, mindy says um a be- best friend isn't a person it's a tear and i that works yeah. for me because i've got like a i would agree group. with that yeah yeah i've got a core group of like five or six friends and i they're all we're all close for different reasons like in the same way that you have a relationship like if there's a group of people you're all going to interact a little bit differently but that doesn't mean the value of one is any less than the other so I think that's generally yes. how I view my friendships yeah you know, I would I, I would agree I would agree yeah. like I mean my friend that I was saying that I've been friends with for 24 years I guess like yeah but uh there's a lot of them uh, that there, too. uh but there's but I I I mean but it's it's that thing like kind of what you were saying is that like Obviously, for 24 years, we have, like, become different people. And there's a lot of things that we don't share in common that maybe we shared in common a while ago. But we still have other things. And we have, like, a couple core things. Like, we love going to concerts. And we love live music. And we love singing together and all that kind of stuff. So, it's like, we have those core things. And then she has other groups of friends that I'm not friends with. And I have groups of friends that she's not friends with. And I think it's just this, like, really healthy sort of, like... But I kind of just call her my sister, though. I don't really, like... Because mm-hmm. it just feels so familiar. Do you know what I mean? That it's... Mm. It's... Yeah. I I don't know. Yeah, I think for me, it's like the circumstances. So, like, not, you know, I've met different friends at different stages and different places. Yeah. So, like, for example, the friends that I've lived with probably know me a lot better than the people that I went to secondary school with because mm-hmm. they've seen yes. me in, like they've seen me first thing in the morning they've seen me like, in all sorts <laughs> of, like that brings a different level to a friendship yeah. like you know so I think it's like it is the circumstances in which you meet them because obviously those friends I don't live with anymore so now they're miles away mm-hmm. whereas the friends in secondary school I now live closer to so I think it is the circumstances in how I meet them that does define our relationship and they are all quite separate but I'm close to them in different ways because of that. Mm. Yeah. I think the different ways is really important because, like, I have a thing. Yeah. Mm. I think the tearing thing is really important with friends because, like, I, I say, I said once, like, I see my friendships as not in tears in, like, a, some are better than others, but as in, like, I have, like, I have, like, <laughs> two best friends who, like, I'm probably the closest to, but also circumstance. Bit awkward. There's six huh? people in this call. <laughs> Sorry, guys. One of which I've known from like the beginning of secondary school, and the other one I've known from university. But it's they're both different friendships, and also, but then other friends, they're not less important to me because they're not my best friend. Like yeah. even people that I'm not like yeah. I barely see and barely speak to, I give great importance to because they're I'm friends with them for a reason, and like. I think you can have... I don't see... I I hate that phrase, like... I agree quality over quantity, but to a point. Because just because you've got more friends, it doesn't mean Mm. they're not as good. Because I think sometimes if you're like, oh, I've got a big group, they're like, "Mm, not as good friends as one best friend, then I'm like, no, because I've not shared... There's not a limited amount of friendship in my heart. 
and then it gets spread out. Yeah, it's so like fine. This, yeah, that's so cute. And there's like an infinite amount of like love and friendship that you can give to people. So if you have more, it doesn't mean that like you're not giving them as obviously it's, it can be harder like i i get stressed that like oh better yeah. check in on them i've not messaged them for a while and i know some uh, of other friends have that too with people but i think like even friends that i'm no longer friends with but i had like three years where i was friends with them and then we've gone apart i'm really happy i had that because i feel like there's a reason yeah. we were friends yeah. at that mm-hmm. time and now we're not compatible i mean some people yeah. are just toxic yeah. and horrible and i'm glad they're out but like i think a lot of people i'm very grateful <laughs> that Bye. I had them and I, I like think of them fondly now and I'm like oh I hope they're doing well and I'm probably never going to get back in touch because it's just we're not that now but I just yeah. like I still have yeah. like a kind of fondness for them and just be like oh I hope you do good in life I probably won't know what you do but I hope you do good yeah and I think that's probably like the beauty of things having things like Instagram like there are p- girls that I was very close to in school that I don't talk to anymore but I follow on Instagram and like I will mm. like pictures of their kids and I will like pictures of their <laughs> gardens and like pictures of them going out doing lunch because you've got that connection where you're like I'm happy for you and I mm. like seeing what you're doing in life but like I'm not going to tell you about what's going on in mine because yeah. we don't have that bond and I think it's kind of, I think I think it is an age thing I think it is something that as you grow because when you're I mean my sister is so young she's a teenager and so when they have a fallout it is the worst thing in the world because this person is your best friend these people are your best friends and they are everything and when you have an argument it's the horrible thing but when you're older and you have a job and a house and a relationship and kids and dogs you know when you fall out with your friend it's a horrible thing but sometimes you're like do you know what I really can't put all my energy into this right now yeah. whereas when you're 19 or 21 you can be like I'm actually really angry and I'm gonna be really angry for a long time at this and I think as you grow you do need to have different friends that have different things I mean my two best friends from school both have lots of children like all together there's like seven between the two of them I don't know how they cope so like occasionally in our group chat they will talk about their kids shitting around their house or their kids breaking stuff and I just sit there and I'm like I join in I'm like oh god that sounds terrible obviously I can't relate to it I can't do you ever find yourself though do you ever find yourself relating to them with your dog and then being like but my dog's not my chat but but buddy sometimes (laughs) does poop and it's like buddy why did you poop in the kitchen but then also your your chi- your child is a child i'm sorry like i find i do that a while lot like i'm awful yeah sorry. i don't think you're awful for that i think that in life we have to realize that not every woman is gonna have a human child and i think it's yeah, okay true. to treat i don't understand why people get so vexed about people treating their dogs like human beings because what's what's how is that a bad thing it's only sorry, when I'm people, it's like those specific dog people that treat their dogs like human beings and treat human beings like trash. And I'm like, okay, you can't, you can't, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. like, we don't yeah. like you, sir. Um, Karis, did you feel like you were about no. to get attacked there? Because I felt like I was about <laughs> I to get attacked. Sophie <laughs> was going to be Lauren and Karis. No, it's like, it's when people like, they, they like only talk about their dogs, but they literally hate everyone else. And I'm like, okay calm like let's just chill but you guys don't do that yeah like you're fine i'm this isn't no a people out people session. are grand this isn't a passive aggressive podcast you're not on that line you know these people are normally like like i want to say closet racist but they're usually just racists and you know dodgy <laughs> that escalated so big <laughs> I'm like, right. you're all right, guys. You're all right. But yeah, my point is, these people are usually like, I don't know, really. 
There's a specific I know what you brand mean. It's the people that dog are like, person. There is. White, know, white feminist dogs. Thank you, Neha. That was that. Oh, yes. yes. White feminist dogs. Yes. I always get scared that I'm going to be mistaken for that, but like, no, I love like my dog. I would sorry to digress into episode <laughs> of Cara, but like the love that I get from Cara is probably bigger than any other love I've had oh my from God, anyone Paris, in my why life. Why would you say I'm that? Yeah. Six of us here. I've had, I've had a tough life with she family, <laughs> but <laughs> I love her so much. And but yeah, I'm not going to digress. But I always get mistaken. Like I really hope people don't think I'm one of them white blonde women who just cares about her dog and doesn't <laughs> care about other people because I'm not. Anyway. Let's talk no, about Brian you, Gates. Yeah, you care too much. You you are a very caring person, and it just comes across. Yeah, that you're yeah. a very caring person. It's like half your name for dogs and people. Yes, it's half her name. It's half her name. It's half her name. Just a session to like soothe Karis's like worries. <laughs> yeah, especially if you mispronounced <laughs> your name for like four years, like I did. <laughs> How did you Do pronounce you like it? Because Karis. Uh, okay. Because that's like the Karis Matthews. It's spelled very mm. differently, though. That is no, spelled no very shade, differently. Lauren, You're no correct. Shade, but like, <laughs> it's all right. Sure, my parents just realized the other day they've been saying my middle name my whole life. So you know we're we're getting we can, there. We can all learn and grow. Yeah. Yeah. What, what is what is pronunciation anyway? I have been telling people my whole life that my surname, my surname, my middle name is Breedge. Breedge. But it's Bridge. not. It's Breed. 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 How worst? is it spelled? I thought it was. I thought it was Brid. B R I with a fada D. It's not Brid. So <laughs> I with what, a fada. It's an It's the Irish spelling of Bridget. Okay. Because Bridget. I was born on Saint Bridget's Day, patron saint of abortion, oh, and. Uh, <laughs> There's a patron saint of abortion. How the fuck am I Catholic and don't know this? Well, no, she's not patron saint of abortion, but she was. Um, <laughs> they do reckon she gave the first one anyway okay. um but anyway i thought my, my middle name was breach and i was like kind of down with breach i don't mind breach breed. but it's breed i'd, I'd say that it's um, that's why i'd carry on i'm gonna stick with yeah, breach just I'm go gonna with stick it. With it. but everyone's gonna Topic. be it's like whenever everyone's like saoirse ronan says her name wrong it's like that's what it's gonna be like forever that's why i just switched two letters and went by bird <laughs> so much easier like it. it's that high um Sorry, I'm <laughs> shook by that yeah. revelation. <laughs> yeah, I know because nobody can say McGill and nobody can say Breed. Breed, I don't know, I even know. I even when I used to call you Lauren McGough. Yeah, that's well, all right. You know what? I I, I called you Karis. It's grand. Karis is fine. I've been called worse. Trust me. Recently, um, so bridesmaids. So this was um, this was a pretty big mm. film, to be honest. I mean, it was nominated at the bloody Oscars. Uh, which was quite a yeah. shock for a female comedy-led film um, for Melissa and Kristen uh, and Annie as well for the for the screenplay. Laurie, you're a huge fan of Bridesmaids. It's a big SNL cast production. We've got a fantastic cast there. Um, what I found interesting about this film is that two weeks before they filmed, they spent like a whole two weeks improvising together mm-hmm. to really get in that kind of connection, that flow. And I think you can see that trigress into this film. Mm. But what I'll ask you, Lauren, is... What is it about this film that you think speaks on female friendship? Because I think it does cover bits of toxic friendship, letting friendships go, growing, and things like that. Because you've got Rose Byrne in there, who is a bit of a bitch. <laughs> it's hard to hate Rose Byrne, though. Yeah. It's so I hard know, to hate yeah. Rose Byrne. Yeah. I can't yeah. know. That face. <laughs> um, like, in the, like in The Spy, I still love her, even though she's the villain. Oh, God. I know. Um, 
I don't know. I never really thought of it. Like, I suppose it was one of those. I mean, what year did Bridesmaids come out? Is it 2011? 2011. It's 2011. So, in a way, I suppose it was one. Shockingly, it is one of the first big budget movies that actually just dealt with female friendship. And that was, like, the whole storyline, yeah. really. There is the B plot of, obviously, Chris O'Dowd. Go on, the Irish. And, uh... <laughs> but no, I just think... It's just such a good movie. Like, it is a love story about a friendship. It's not really, like, if if she didn't That's end up with I Officer like Rhodes it. at the end, it's not the, the end of the world. But if they didn't be- become friends again, it would have been a crap ending. Do you know what I mean? It's like, and also That's it was good because... That's a very good way of saying it. Well, I, but, and it's good because, obviously, Kristen and Maya were such good friends for years before, too. So, like, because I don't think you can fake that chemistry. I, like, I just, no, uh, I watched yeah. so many interviews of them two together because I love, I love Bridesmaids, too. They're so and I just funny. I love them, too, so much. And they just make me cry laughing, but also just cry. I know. And, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, I also, I don't know what happened there. I think <laughs> I, I thought just, you were like, going to start crying. She got choked <laughs> up. God, I'm just crying now, guys, thinking about them. Um, I just love them so much. I watched, I've watched the commentary with it twice as well because I love it so much. Me yeah. too. And the commentary <laughs> oh. is so good because they're all just hanging out. And I'm just like, I just love Maya Rudolph. And they just keep saying, I'm farting yeah. now. I'm oh, farting like, now. Now this scene, I'm farting. Where, like, <laughs> when she's baking. Uh, Kristen was like, "That's the hand model. They didn't use my hands." So like, <laughs> like on close-ups, but it's a it's really so good, good commentary. It's just loads of good fun. But that film, man, like you just, oh, yeah. Maya Rudolph and Kristen Wiig's cat, like, oh. Do you think that's the secret then? Having a cast that is generally close, because I think you're right that you can't fake female friendship. I mean, I see it when I watch um, interviews with cast members, and I'm like, you don't like each other. <laughs> yeah, you don't like each other. But I think too with with Kristen Wiig, she had that sort of unique perspective of like, you know, she isn't someone who's been like married with kids her whole life or whatever. And I think female friendship yeah. to her was probably more important than a lot of things growing up. And I think maybe that's why it's such a love letter oh, to that. that. Hit deep there. <laughs> well. I just came up with that there now. Can you believe it? Mm-mm. Just that just came right. <laughs> just spit out knowledge. I couldn't even tell you what I just said, but I said it. <laughs> she's done uh, shout out to Anthony <laughs> I have. <laughs> Woo! We love them. I can't remember that I'm sad. All remember what she said two seconds ago. I think. I know. It's great, isn't it? <laughs> to write everything down. <laughs> this um this become the highest grossing R-rated female comedy of all time. It beat out Sex and the City. And I mean Sex and the City is a very mm. different female friendship it's um dynamic bad. to this. I've not seen it. <laughs> I would I've only seen a tiny Bridesmaids. bit, but I would not want to be friends. Like that friendship group is so toxic. It's right? so toxic. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's so very nineties. I think Ooh. in the nineties, like they just didn't. It's like I like yeah. Sex in the City. I enjoy watching it, but yeah, it's not a good example of friendship at all. Like they're entertaining individually. Yeah. When they are together, it makes me want to rip my hair out. But when they go <laughs> off and do their own like individual things, it's more fun. But oh my god, yeah, I just can't so, like, imagine allowing yourself to just be surrounded thing, by that all the time. One thing I do hate is when people refer to bridesmaids as the female hangover because I hate the hangover. I think it's a vile film. It's so bad. It's not the same no, thing at like, all. I'm not saying, just because there's a group. Right? Like, it's not per. I won't like. I love bridesmaids with my heart, but I'm not. It's not perfect. Like I can say that, but like the hangover is yeah, trash. I dare I'm you? Sorry, Lauren. Um, <laughs> I, I think that. To be honest, I think that was a way of trying to market it just made the film. Me sad. Yeah, like the idea of 
Yeah. yeah, the idea of men seeing bridesmaids is probably like, I've not seen that film, but when you mark it is, but it's the female version. Yeah. It's, it's I remember I mean, in a film, like, what do you call them? Tutorials? Where you're not in a lecture anymore, you'd like split off into groups. So a tutorial? I can't seminars. remember. Yeah. Again, antidepressants. I don't know. I, I'm too um, old. I, whenever it came out, I was I was doing some film courses, uh, and one of the lads was like, "I would never go see bridesmaids," and I was like, "Why not?" And he was like, "Well, it's for women," and I was like, "If I didn't go see all the films that were made for men, I wouldn't get to see anything. <laughs> like I could literally Any like." And then I lost it, and then our teacher had to stop us. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> sure, like, fight for what like you believe it. in, bridesmaids. You know. One thing I will say that to looping with Sex and the City, for me, like Sex and the City, that's just friendships out of convenience. It's just women yeah. you happen to meet that you remain yeah. friends with, which I think a lot of female, a lot of women in that age bracket probably do. Like you are just friends with like other mums you meet at school or people you go to work with or things like that. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but where I've worked, women over 40, they're friends with, their only friends are people they have at work because they don't know anyone else. They don't have time to socialise with anyone else. And one element in bridesmaids that we see is that you have this group of women who are forced together for a wedding. Now, as someone who has been to many a baby shower, it's awkward when you're stuck in a room with women you don't know, but you're all linked by one particular relationship. And we have, you know, these great characters that are brought together and I think it kind of shows that in life, you it, there's so many people in the world that we haven't even met yet that we might be best mm. friends with. I mean, it's it's exciting. I find that thrilling. Um, but what I do like is that you have that kind of, like we spoke about before, that kind of Maya Rudolph's character is suddenly friends with Rose Byrne's character. So Christian Wig feels left out. And I have mm. experienced that before mm-hmm. on my end and then the end yeah. of my friend as well. Um, so I really like that element that they explore, that kind of jealousy you get, yeah. like, how dare you have another friend? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, but I think, it, I think it's built from fear. Yeah. I think it's built from fear of change, fear that you're going to mm-hmm. be abandoned, which essentially she's a And not bit knowing everything about mm. your friend's life. Like, she thought she knew everything about her best friend, and she's yes. like, oh, I don't know everything about you now, because you've got this whole other friend, which she sees as a whole other life, yeah. and it's not. And I think it's great because it shows that you can act no. dif- like people do act differently around different friends. And I hate that that's used as an insult yeah. when people are like, oh, you don't act like that around me. It's like, yeah, but it doesn't mean you're being mm-hmm. fake. Just because you act differently around someone, it doesn't mean it's a fake part of you. It's like the way I act with my mum is very different to how I act with my best friend. And if I acted the same with them yeah. both, that would be really weird for me. But like, I think mm. that, and yeah. I think. I'm- 95% more than that I think 99% of people like you act a bit different with who you're with and I think it does show that like Maya yeah. Maya's character not just like that we're just talking about like, Maya Rudolph's actual life this documentary Bridesmaids um, <laughs> and like, when she is with Rose Byrne's character you, you're you like oh that's like I see because they are good friends but like because we see it through like Annie's lens we're just like Rose Byrne is mm-hmm. trash um she's not she's great but so pretty all the time (laughs) that is something that i want to see more of though is that uh that bittersweet feeling you get when you reconnect with an old friend and you Mm -hmm. realize that you have Mm. changed a lot and you do question whether your friendship can continue i think that's something that they deal with a little bit but not a lot like things like book smart sort of touch on it and the fact that they're sort of growing up in different ways and it is bittersweet but then they become friends again and i'm like "Mm, that's a that's a very tidy way to sweep it up under the carpet for the purposes of this but it is i'd really like to see that more explored of like can you still stay friends with someone if you really aren't feeling like you know them anymore 
Hugely. I mean, I'm not going to bring TV into it too much, but like when you watch like Friends, the TV show, none of them have any other friends, and you do think, mm, how come? Um, but <laughs> yeah. to, to touch on Booksmart, I mean, Booksmart for me, the thing, I mean, I love this film, absolutely love this film, but one mm. of the interesting things I found is that this is one of the first films I've watched where you have two female friends and mm-hmm. one of them is gay. And I don't think we see enough of that. We see some in TV, especially in TV. There's a lot of new shows that explore that. But in film, like, you rarely have... Like, you have a gay best friend, which is that stereotype that we've seen. But you rarely have two friends that are both like, yeah, okay, you're gay. And we... With the book smart, we arrive late into the story. So we, we have yeah. been through the whole acceptance thing, which I think is nice because we, we... It's nice just... One thing I love about book smart is that we're seeing Caitlyn Diva's character in just a mm. normal situation. We're not seeing her in, you know, coming out or struggling mm. or things like that. Um, but one thing I do really like is, I mean, like we said, you, you can't fake this. And Olivia Wilde encouraged the two leads to spend time together to build up a rapport. So they become roommates for 10 weeks prior to filming. Yeah. Mm. So I'm seeing a bit of a theme here with the successful films that talk about female friendship. It's all about It's a good the job pre-work. they did like each other, though. Which Imagine is, it's just like, hey, spend some time together pre-filming. Mm. And they were like, they came out and was like, I'm, I hate her. Yeah, yeah, like, no, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I don't think they would have been able to pull it off. Because like, when I watched it, the big thing that like I still in my head is how supportive they were. Like, even though it was yeah. like a bantery support when they go, oh my God, you look amazing. You look amazing. Oh, that scene The fact is that it was incredible. rooted in that support and like the same way that she was like, yeah, you're gay. I don't care. I'm going to even tease you about it. Like, it's just going to be totally like is that was so like it was just such unquestioning support and i love that and that is something that yeah you can't Mm. fake that like if you hate each other that's not gonna sound sincere like at all and it was one of them films that i watched and i actually thought i would love that friendship Mm -hmm. like i watched bridesmaids and i was like okay it's a little bit different but like when they're like facing each other like who allowed you to take my breath away i thought i want a friend that is like that i want to be able to you know i mean we have that between the six of us we have a really lovely supportive friendship group which is really lovely and i think when you have a film like book smart it kind of makes you question like why isn't my friend telling me that i'm taking their breath away (laughs) not like in a narcissistic method but just it does when you see a positive representation Mm -hmm. on screen it does make you realize like why aren't we focusing on female friendships more why aren't we building each other up rather than tearing each other down all the Mm. time and celebrating change and celebrating trying new things and things like that i think it's um i mean we see these posts a lot on instagram i don't know if you guys see it when they're like support your friends businesses pay Mm. full price like and I think that's very important. I think that it's another element to friendship that we don't talk about enough, really, supporting each other's dreams and things like that. I think it's um, it's interesting. I mean, all six of us are in the creative mm-hmm. industry. I mean, and you don't see that on screen a lot, like with people supporting their friends in that way. And I think that would be another interesting route to explore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when it is on screen, it's very, like they're already like super successful or like unreasonably (laughs) successful (laughs) like the trope of like the architect like there's always like someone someone's like 32 and they're like a world-renowned architect it's like i have a friend that's an architect it's gonna take him like 20 years to even be able to actually design a building (laughs) yeah they i think also i just reckon beanie feldstein would be just like the best friend yes you just be your best friend like because even in Ladybird, she's so good at just being, like, such a... I was going to say in Book Smart, she just, she just Molly me. scares me a little bit because she is very intense. And I think, like, 
Yeah. I like it yeah. when Amy, she's called Amy, isn't she? Caitlin Devers. I always want to call yeah. her Caitlin Denver, so, yeah. and I don't know why, but I know that it's not. <laughs> I always add the N. Like, I'm always like, Caitlin Denver. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, that's not right. Anyway, she, uh, Amy, when Amy, like, confronts her and they have that argument at the party, I think it's really good because they both haven't communicated well, and Molly does kind of just, like, mm. is, like, naturally a leader and then just leads her friendship as well, which isn't always okay. And I think they do need to be aware that some of their... Yeah what they're doing is not okay to each other and they just need to air it out it's just sad that they bottled it up and then it burst out but i've done i've done that before and it's it led to like two months of not speaking but then it was better so i think sometimes you've got to but then i learned to like say stuff and not get scared like because then you can be scared for a whole year and then it just bursts out in a big massive reveal yeah. me and it's not good and then i never burst oh even. my god how do you not burst yeah i burst in the end but it takes me about 10 years so i i can i can brew for yeah. a while but i I've, i don't do that now because it's not healthy and i'm trying not to do that but why 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 is it then what because i feel like the same way as cool you like why do we like not want to say those things to our friends what makes us afraid whereas if it was our family or our partner, oh i wouldn't would i just it. hate what, conflict in any is? capacity so i i like yeah through family members or friendships or relationship it's just a fear <laughs> of conflict but i'm getting better at like last couple of years i've actually been really mm-hmm. good at can i actually i did my first conflict i know that sounds really stupid without my first, my first conflict was with a man like that i i forced myself into like no i didn't just get thrown into it and was like i'm in the middle of it was like with a manager i had and i just was like okay i need to tell you something that you're not gonna like and i did and i was like i came out of it and i like messaged a friend that like really inspired me to do it. and i was like i did a conflict because of you like i i confronted someone and i feel so good about it but also i cried but also i feel great and I think I just accept now that I will cry, but I think it's good to confront. But I think Booksmart shows the confrontation yeah. really well and shows that you don't have to fall. It doesn't mean that you can't be friends anymore. Like it doesn't just because you're different people yeah. and you've you maybe you have messed up and like your friendship has been going a bit sour, but it doesn't mean that that's the end of it. Like you can build it back up. But sometimes it is good to let it die. I'm just really glad they didn't do the trope of like gay girl in love with her best friend because I thought they were going to do that. And I was like, please don't let her be in love with her. But she's not. Thank God yeah what, what you said there though about like normalizing letting friendships die i completely agree because i still think mm. there's a stigma where people are just like oh your friends you'll get over it and you think no because sometimes people do things to you in life that is just unforgivable and not that but i think sometimes that there's certain points where an apology isn't enough it needs to be an apology with action and I think a lot of women aren't willing to do that. Apology with action. Man, if more people did that. I, I ha- yeah, I, um, I don't know. I messed up a friendship like two years ago. Um, and... It's okay, Lauren, I'm over it <laughs> No, I dare you. <laughs> uh, no, well, like, one of my best friends, like, I lived with her for, like, three years. Like, uh, I messed it up. I didn't even realise that I messed it up. I, I messed it up. And I accidentally... We, like I have so, so many different groups of friends <laughs> and we went on holiday together and we couldn't invite her because we couldn't afford to bring another person and we have okay. not been like she literally won't speak to me it's been two years um or a year and a half and I the whole thing of like letting it die I get you know but part of me was just sort of like you know that kind of realization where you're like I thought this was a lot more, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Than yeah, I like ma- made one mistake. 
Um, it yeah, was and a it's bad not mistake, an intentional. But but you weren't trying to hurt. You didn't have the intent to hurt. It no. See, well, the problem the issue was, you see, is that I booked the holiday and then was like, crap. I probably should have asked her, but like I didn't, and none of the other girls were like wanting to ask anyone else, and so I texted her and apologized immediately. But then, yeah, because I did that, I think that sort of made it seem like it was worse than it was. Maybe I don't know, but yeah, um, I, I don't know. Yeah, but no, basically, I, like that letting a die thing, uh, I just still hard. to this day, like oh, I still can't, also, I still can't get over it. Like everything die, like that doesn't. Say, you don't have to let yeah. that die. I think it's just if you've had a really toxic friendship, like maybe yeah. yeah. You gotta have the freedom yeah, to have choose, the choice to even like work in a relationship. Like when someone's cheated on someone in a yeah, relationship, absolutely. Some, people, some people, some people want to work on it, and then some people want to let it die. Yeah. And I think it's similar mm-hmm. with a friendship. Like sometimes you're like, mm, "Can we mm-hmm. come back from this?" I know, but it's I it's honestly so think <laughs> I honestly think because <laughs> yeah. you know you have you have couples counselling now. I honestly think in a few years like, there'll be a friendship counselling. Oh, sessions. I I'd go. I'd take her. I'd go. I'd take you. Okay. Oh, no. Is, it, is that not what this is? Like, I just want to... Yeah. Just, just, just airing it out. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry, by the way, because I, I do want to apologize. I wore this jersey to offend you anyway, so it's fine. I was going to say, I was trying to work out for your hair if you were wearing a Man United jersey. It's because I'm so proud of how terrible we are. Oh, also it's because i keep um, gaining weight during this quarantine and it's baggy and it makes me feel okay <laughs> don't this dress right, i bought this dress like four weeks ago and i've worn it every single weekend and like part of me was like i'm wearing this because it's pretty and the other part is it's the only thing that really fits me quite comfortably it's like regina this is the only thing that fits me right now yeah you can walk on bitches mm-hmm. um I want to question. I want to ask you guys then. How has your friendships been affected by the lockdown? Mine are better oh. than ever because Ooh, I don't live. Explain. I don't live near my closest oh, friend physically um, that I don't work with. I mean, I am friends with the people I work with, but my closest non-work friend is almost four hours away. So I have no excuse now to like I can hop on a Zoom call three nights a week yeah. and talk mm-hmm. to my friends. So I'm closer to some people that I like some I have some internet friends and stuff that I was always like I I, I acknowledge them as a friend, but now I feel like they're best friends. And like I've come super close and some of my friends from school that live in like California or you know just all over like i'm much closer with them so i mean it's definitely a unique situation Mm, yeah Yeah. but um both noah and i are very thankful for it because it's it's kind of you know not that there isn't an excuse before to like hop on video calls and stuff but like it's super like socially acceptable right now yeah i agree no mine's been um so me and well, all of my friends, we live sort of like a 20 minute at best radius from each other. Like we've always been very close in proximity. So it's been interesting not going or not having been for like three or four long walks a week and having to like migrate on Zoom or migrate on Skype or whatever. Um, yeah. But I definitely think there's something to be said for like the the conscious effort that that takes, like having to sit and having to schedule, um, which has been really nice. I mean, we've always been really close. So I'd like I'm super grateful that I've not fallen out with any of my friends um for like we've been friends since high school but yeah it has been weird I mean I'm gonna go and um, hang in one of their gardens in like two hours so that'd be nice but 
it's just that migrating onto um, social that's so new. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I love it. Especially because you're so close yeah. to yeah. Like, what proximity wise. Yeah. 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 See, a lot of my friends probably live like an hour and a half away, which is not like an insanely far distance, but at the same time, is a bit of an effort, especially if you're working all week to then want to drive that yeah. far to see them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's been cool is that we've been doing like the odd like video call or whatever. And then I keep being like, well, we don't actually see each other from like six months to six months, you know, anyway. So I think it, we've all learned that actually that's quite a nice thing to do anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's only improved uh, things. But then now all, all of my friends that obviously live quite nearby i'm still kind of freaked out about like when we're able to see each other and stuff because we're just so like shouting all over the top of each other and we're wild for screaming and singing and oh, we're well annoying basically but like we're wild good people and um <laughs> like i keep being like i want to invite them to my like garden but then i'm like how do i be like i don't know if i want you to go in and use the bathroom like it's just mm-hmm. like i'm just like overly freaking out about things so mm-hmm. um i might just i actually was thinking i might just text them and be like this is how i'm feeling if you want to come over you still have to piss in your own house <laughs> just get i don't know how else episode. to do it yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know if, i think oh god i hope they haven't the, this is the <laughs> yeah, this is the point that many of us are at the moment. We're at the point where things are opening up again and people are seeing yeah. each other again. And I think, I mean, I don't know how you guys are feeling, but I am at the point where I'm excited to go back to senses of normality, but I am actually still very nervous about going to mm-hmm. cafes and restaurants and open spaces yeah. again. And not only that, but for me, having social anxiety and being indoors practically for four months, I, I am at that point where I'm like, what if I'm really annoying? Mm. What if I'm talking too loud? What if mm. I do something annoying? What if I, you know, what if that? Because for me, like, I always feel gaps. Like, it's just in me to always feel silence. I think it's because nobody really spoke to me as a child. So I just speak, talk for the sake of it. <laughs> and I'm at that point because it can be difficult. I have had, I have had a friend who in the past month has become very pushy about meeting up and basically said, like, you need to get over mm. it, you need to get over your anxiety, which is, you know, groundbreaking. I wish <laughs> someone told me that before. Yeah. <laughs> Just get over it. But it is difficult and it's 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 strange because, like Courtney said, like, at the start, when your friends live so far away, it's a little bit of a... The guilt within you of not going to see them or making plans, that went away because there was no option. Mm-hmm. And I think it was nice to have that. And for me as well, I had certain friends that were always so busy. It was the first time where I actually was able to like get a text from them the same day or speak mm-hmm. to them on the phone for like half an hour. So it was quite a nice little period of time to rebuild friendships and th- see things like that. And because people weren't sharing on social media, this is where mm. I am, this is what I'm doing, this is that. And it was more personal. I I feel like I've got to know people and even build closer friendships during this time because we talk about real things. People are talking about, you know, creative projects they've worked on, documentaries they've watched, like all these things that introverts have done for a very long time. But then you saw these people like a new side to them almost. Mm. Um, So I found it quite groundbreaking. And I, I do feel that when it comes to female friendships, another thing that's missing from the film world is online friendships yeah we have nothing on that are we all have we unfriended have we all became friends purely from online or did any of you meet in person no, first I'd met Karis online. no not first yeah yeah so, do you know isn't online. that incredible that though is, in a way yeah like because i think mm-hmm. like 
and talking about like friendships during lockdown i really do think like you i was added to this group chat like what three months ago or something and uh it's been so like it has been such a pleasure to be a part of and be able to share things on the group and it's been so nice like and it's been so nice to get to know you all better why does it sound like you're now i don't know like are you leaving us today uh, so it's been a great leaving the group (laughs) none of you are allowed to piss in my house you can all get away (laughs) not but it has it's been so nice like and i hope that you know when all this hopefully at some point ever becomes normal that we are able to at some point be together in a like real life setting it would be lovely and think of the audio quality of this podcast if we were all in the same room (laughs) 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 wouldn't it i won't have to edit six audio i know the dream (laughs) but you could just share a mic like they did in lamavati and give everyone coronavirus like that's all saying karaoke (laughs) but social distance like what i think it's so interesting though because like text uh, online i think with online because i've got like a couple of online friends like i mean everyone here and then i've got a couple more like online mm. friends who i'm quite close to but i i oh, i i swear to god i'm so bad with that chat i literally reply like once a week but bless them they know that and that i'm just like i catch up in like a mm. hundred messages and i'm so sorry guys i'm really bad at replying it's a classic me thing but i think i've actually felt extra pressure <laughs> over lockdown to reply quicker than i normally would because i feel like people won't accept mm, that yeah. i'm busy and um so yes, this is my I one thing talk about so this actually well. in some ways i've got closer to people because we in one of my because i'm kind of, i can't remember who said it now but i've got a few groups of friends as well so like one of my groups of friends where we we're all spread out around the country so we don't really see each other much um we've been doing like every two weeks or so we do like a little quiz together like we all do five questions i'm still on the quiz part of lockdown still stand a quiz um fair play to you still hey. here you know fair so play. i love making them though i'm i'm a quiz master more than a quiz player just because i enjoy learning things to create a quiz i don't know anyway uh, i'll make y'all a quiz if you ever want to do one <laughs> um, but i um we do that and it's really nice and we're like oh even when lockdown's finished we should do this because we rarely we never did mm-hmm. this we'd just be like let's meet up this one time and then it would take six months to plan it for us all yeah. to be there but now yeah. we're actually yeah. videoing and i think some people i've checked in with more and i've been like okay i'll message them today but then my issue is then i reply like a week and a half later and i'm like god do i now look like a prat but That's that is okay. okay but like i think some especially because yeah. i i like because i'm unemployed because of covid i think a couple of things that i've had said to me by people not that close to me are like oh well surely you have more time now anyway because you don't have a job and i'm like no but i don't because i'm looking for jobs like i actually i actually yeah. feel like i have more time when i'm working because i then can, i don't feel guilty when i'm not looking for a job whereas if i sit down to message people yeah. for half an hour i'm like oh i should be applying for a job right now like i can't i can't read this book because i should apply for jobs like i actually feel guilt not doing it so i think people need to understand that not everybody uh, and they're like oh it takes like two minutes to reply to a text i'm like yeah it does but it also takes it doesn't just take to, it's not just yours i'm not ignoring it if someone yeah. sends me something important i'll reply i, I always like briefly like look at the notification i'm like okay that can wait it's just someone asking like checking in it's boundaries as well though and it's knowing people like i like with you sophie if i message you i'm not expecting for two days but that is something that i am okay with because that's you and that's your boundaries with lauren i know i'm probably gonna get a text Mm. back straight away i'm just never busy (laughs) 
<laughs> you already know, but like with Courtney, I message Courtney and I'm like, well, she's awake. She's yeah. going to be asleep for like six more hours. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if I message Ashton, I'm like, okay, it's going to be pretty mm. quick back and it'll be back and forth. And then we won't speak yeah. for like three days and it's the same thing again. And with Neha, like with you, like I'll message you. And I know that after eight o'clock, you are not on your phone. And that is, it's mm. called boundaries. And I think one thing that I found during the lockdown too, is I had certain friends that were like, let's video chat tonight. Let's video chat tonight. Let's video chat tonight. And I'm like, I didn't see you every day before lockdown. Mm-hmm. So why would I see you every day now? Yeah. And every, that sounds so cruel, but that's the thing. You had to get past that stage of being... We talk about self-care so much. We don't talk mm. about boundaries enough. Mm. And boundaries are so important. And I think now, like I said, getting to that point where people are meeting up, you have to be okay with the fact that some people yeah. are not comfortable to do that. And that is a boundary set in place. And I think that... It's another thing with age and maturity that you have to realise that certain friends... It's like if you mm-hmm. want to go see a horror film and you have a friend that doesn't like horror films. You have to accept that person's... Like, no, you're not mm-hmm. going to come mm-hmm. see a horror film nope. with me. But if Courtney okay. says no, then you've done something. Then... You're in the personal. You're there like, what have I done to her? Something awful. Um, yep. I think that is true. That's true. And that comes back to the thing, like different mm-hmm. friends for different things. Like not always like... Mm-hmm. like yeah. I, yes. If I want to go see... Like, like a yeah. pick and mix bag. You're like, you know what? It's nice. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want a chocolate if bowl. I, if I want to go to a, like, go see a screening of like an obscure documentary, there's certain friends I know who aren't going to come to that. Mm. and don't. Uh, there's no point asking. And they don't want to be asked. They're like, no, I don't want to go. And I'm like, that's fine. But then if <laughs> yeah. I want to go see, I don't know, like the latest like Disney, I know exactly who I'm asking. Like, there's different people for different things. And I think as well, something that should be normalised is, like, in your relationship, it's like, oh, that's someone who should do everything with you? No, because my girlfriend hates theme parks, and I love theme parks. So I'm just not giving up theme parks because she (laughs) won't go with me. I'm going with my friends who like it. Like, you can't... Just because the person you're with doesn't want to do everything with you, that's so... Like, you can have friends. (laughs) You can do those things. I like the that's an interesting point because I think I mean many people call their partner their best friend which is mm. a lovely sentiment but I think that it's and we see that a lot in film we see a lot of films about partners who are best friends and then it obviously goes sour and they lose their best friend and their partner but yeah it's it's interesting with with female friendship films that we don't explore the negative side of it to a deeper level it's always something very petty mm. it's always something very you mm-hmm. know familiar like they argue over a man or it's you know, the, the oh. betray- like thirteen guys. Bride wars. Bride wars. Oh my god, bride wars. That is the oh, yes. what I, that is like my least favorite film Imagine in the history of ever. I hate hating it your friend so that much. much. Like they, 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 all they do is do one thing. Why? I've never seen it, so why so, are they... And it really... <sighs> so, like, for one, it really annoys me <laughs> that the film is, like, made by Casey Wilson and June Diane Raphael, because I love them, and I don't understand what they were thinking when yeah. they made this film. But essentially, Anne Hathaway and Kate Hudson just keep trying to sabotage each other's weddings. Like, that is the premise because, of the whole film. Because they book them on the same like, they're the same Yeah, place, they're booked on the same day. On the same day. That is it. And they're like, oh, you could have a joint wedding. Like, yeah. No, I don't want a joint wedding. I want you to be at mine. I want you to be at mine. It's just like a stupid thing. And they're like, you back down. No, you back down. No, I've wanted this fancy place. And then they just like, one of them dyes the other one's hair blue, right? Or something like really horrible. Yeah. 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 Well, you've said one of them dies. dies. <laughs> wow. dies and then they go and they're just still really angry at their grave. No, like they're yeah. just, they're just like, it's like the, and then at the end, they're obviously friends because it's that kind of film. But yeah, that's the worst friendship. You're right. Uh, like what was so interesting as well was I thought of I that. I hate it. And then you said it and I was like, yes, yes. Like, the, oh, the yeah. shade I have for Bride Wars, man. 
I used to run the largest Anne Hathaway blog on Tumblr. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> She did. Like, what the hell? I love what when I find this out because one of my best friends, she told me after oh. two years of knowing her that she used to run a really popular Lion King blog on Tumblr. And she was oh, like, she's like, legit. I like, she's like, if you see Lion King gift sets, they're probably from me. And I was like, what are you saying to me? I know. Well, it's mad. It's funny because like just going back to Tumblr friendships like we talk about different friends talking about different things obviously last week with what happened with Naya Rivera it's been interesting to see people that I was really close to 10 years ago get back in touch and be like oh, oh. hey how are you are you doing like this mm-hmm. is the podcast blah 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 and that's nice because those people I had a really great invested interest with them and certain friendships I'm still friends with today Lauren for example Amy for example and it's it's just interesting to be able to kind of flip back and forth and check in with those people um but yeah i mean weddings seem to drive women crazy and i've seen it happen before like i've had two friends get engaged in the same week and a massive argument kick off because were they Anne they Hathaway and Kate Hudson? <laughs> <laughs> no i i'm no longer friends with those girls okay. but it was it was strange because they were like you should have waited to announce your engagement to give me a bit longer of the attention and i i generally sat there looked at my phone and thought is this real? The only thing my best friend who's getting <laughs> married so in October real? hopefully said was that no one better get engaged at her wedding because that's just really weird. And I was like, no, I agree oh, yeah. with that. that is weird. Yeah. I was like, that's, 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 but it's that I also think though, isn't that driven by films like Bride Wars? Because it's this whole thing of like bride. Yes, it is. Which I hate that phrase. Mm, I hate yeah, that phrase. it is. Like it's so annoying. And I think like yeah. I don't know, obviously weddings can be stressful, but why why did it why does there have to be like and it's always like the groom is just like this clueless man who's like, Oh, why I don't understand why there's so much going on right now. And then the bride's just like literally well, killing her friends but- because they won't lose weight to wear a dress and i'm like first off you're judging your friend second off you're the worst and i just don't understand like that i've never seen this i've not been to many weddings to be fair but i've never seen this happen in real life my uncles got married and my uncle that's related to me i guess by blood and then his husband right but his husband to be texted me and was like your uncle has been such a bride so <laughs> i cannot cope with and i was literally like i love that this happens in general in all like weddings. i love that it's yeah <laughs> yeah gay marriages are not immune oh my god <laughs> love it. Uh, there you go now that we can actually have them over here yay, Whoa, um, yay. yeah but um uh, that's awful. Like I, I can't cope with people. If someone fell out with me over a wedding, I think... I'd just be like, okay, this is. Like I don't want to go anyway. It I don't want to buy a dress. I don't want to have to wear heels and listen to Cotton Eye Joe. I don't want to do it. See, I, I'm excited <laughs> by the <laughs> prospect of, by, by going to weddings. <laughs> I'm excited to see friends get married, but I just would Up hate here, people I, be but... mad. Like I hate. <laughs> I hate people be mad. Yeah. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. But like, <laughs> people be people why be say more words when less words do trick you? <laughs> I am Kevin. I mean, yep. I mean, bridesmaids. To be fair, I mean, it it kind of throws us into that kind of forcing people to be friends, and we do see that in real life as well. Like we have these very cringy connotations of bride squad, I do crew, hen parties, and. Hen, I mean, hen parties now have become like weekends away and le- weekend I, holidays. I am in the process of organizing a stag do. 
for four years. That is a destination for bridesmaids. Oh no! Where where did you live? Savannah, Georgia. Okay. It's a huge destination because you can you can drink you can have um, uh, alcohol in the oh. streets. Okay. So right. oh, so it's like man. a great. So they're like, that's where we're going. <laughs> the, I thought you said I misheard yeah. you and thought yeah. you said you had it's, a hen party that lasted for four years, and I was like, Christ, that's what I. <laughs> no, me too. <laughs> me too. That's literally <laughs> my <laughs> night. Like I don't even like, want one <laughs> when I get married. It's because I want. I don't drink, so yeah, I feel I like got, that's yeah. like a I've big like got part a plan of it. For one, but yeah. it would be with my like we'd have a joint one. So because we have most of the same friends yeah. anyway, so like I'm not making the same friends pay for two things. I always like, found it interesting because I've I've never been to a, a a hen party where it's it's yeah. two women getting married. I'm like, and I can only assume that you would have the same friends. So it would the, be a joint one. Last night yeah. freedom. It's like no, because you're still with that person. Like yeah. just because you're. What's the whole like? My friend who's the ones who are getting married in October. He hates those jokes against men. Like oh, the old ball and chain. Like you're trapped now. He's like, no, I want to yeah. get married. Like I love. I love my fiance. I want to marry her. But she, yeah, like why would yeah. you do it if you and didn't want to be married? Actually, like... Well, because of COVID, they can't. But they wanted a joint hen and stag do because again, they've got a lot of the same friends. Mm-hmm. So they were just like, we'll just have all our guy friends, all our everyone can come, and we'll just have a fun time. Yeah, and, like, that's yeah. what I just want. Like I want a sleepover weekend with all of my friend, all of our like mine and Charlotte's friends, and everyone can come together. Yeah. And luckily, everyone will know someone, so it's okay. But like. I just want a big old joint one. Like, I don't like the whole... Yeah. Like, I went to my sister's, like, a few years ago, and some of the people that went there, man, like... She ain't gonna listen to... She ain't gonna listen... Like, the, the thing is, the person who I'm gonna talk about isn't gonna listen to this podcast, so my brother-in-law's sister is the worst, and, like, everyone hated her. I'm gonna send it to her. <laughs> but, like, everyone... What's the time so stamp? judgy. Like, she's never got a good thing to say. All mm. she did was complain. And my sister's best friend just, like, did stuff on purpose to annoy her. And I was sat in between them just like, this is hilarious. <laughs> but also, I'm too anxious to deal with this. And, like, like I think mm-hmm. at one point she was like, God, the Prosecco in here is so expensive. And then my sister's best friend heard her and she just went, Sophie, I'll buy you a Prosecco. Do you want one? And I was like, stop feeding the fire. Like, stop... <laughs> And then, like, when she left, one of my sister's work colleagues was just like, who was that miserable cow? And I was like, oh, my God. <gasps> like, it's only the groom's sister. You're fine. Um, but, like, she oh. was... But that's that's an example of, like, a hen party. That, it, it was a fine hen party. <laughs> it was a fine hen party. <laughs> but, like, until she was just trapped. But like, you've always got one, haven't you? But I just wouldn't invite people I don't want, so... I don't even like they- the idea of, like, a party... <laughs> Like, I just, like, the, uh, I've been to hand parties, like, and, like, look, I'm a friend. I'll do it. I'll pay whatever I need for a weekend. I'll do the cocktail making, even though I don't drink alcohol. I'll pay for it anyway. I'll not complain. It's all good. But, like, oh, it's so tiring. <laughs> it's Because so you're, you're around people mm. so often, and it's, it's, and as well, you're, you're with people that mm. you don't always know as well. And yeah. And a mixture of friends. And we've got that in films, and... So I, I don't think that for me that's a snapshot of female friendship. It's not a realistic female yeah. friendship. So whereas films like Bridesmaids are great, films like mm. Girls Trip, for example, they're really great. But they're snapshots. I would love to see more films about the longevity of friendships. Yeah. If you gave me those fil- and- you know like those romantic films that span years and it cuts from like current to when they first met, but it was a friendship. 
I'd yeah. die yeah. a happy Ooh, egg. Like, yeah. I would die such a happy egg. That would be lovely. Happy egg. <laughs> that would be lovely. Because that is just, <laughs> yeah. like, I love those in I romance like films anyway. But if you give me that in a friendship, yeah. I'll ju- a female friendship, I'll die. Like, that's my my thing. So what you're looking for is, like, the opposite of Blue Valentine. Yes. I don't want that in friendships. <laughs> that would be really sad. Yeah, like the opposite of blue, like it cuts back and forth. But also, but instead of all the sadness, I do like it's those breakup films where they they span. Like, have you seen um Pink? There's one called Pink Wall that came out recently, and there's a couple of others. I don't know, but they like jump to the beginning of when they first met, and then it shows it breaking down yeah, bit by it, bit, and then goes back to when they first met, and then breaks down again. And I like, I am here for that sad because you get the happiness, and they're like, oh, they think that they're in love and indestructible, and then you see it falling apart six years later, and I'm like, oh, I love this sad. Someone great did that a little bit though, didn't it? Mm. Someone yeah, great it like sort of showed you how they met, and then they showed you the highlights, and they basically don't reveal why they broke up until way mm-hmm. into the movie. Because, it, again, like, they sort of focus on the relationship. They also mm. focus on the friendships, which is really nice. Like, one of my favourite moments is that is where she's in the bathroom about to text her ex and her two friends just shout through the door, yes. don't text him! And it cracks me up. See, because that is just something we all yeah. do. <laughs> like We, we have a lot of feels about breakups, but it'd be good to see the breakup like in someone someone great on the flip side where your friends... Because friends are there to pick you up during a breakup and sometimes, you know, it can be a very difficult time. Um, so I think that would be that would be really interesting. I think we definitely try and manifest it and try and get some more female friendship films because it would be it would be good to have them. We'll put the vibes yep. out there. Secret that. So yeah, secret. <laughs> <laughs> the bloody secret. Um, that's all we have time for this week. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been great to kind of talk about friendships and just kind of like the new struggles we've been through. Because I mean, with the with the lockdown and pandemic, I think it's challenged all forms of relationships our relationships with family our relationships with co-workers partners you know all of us each other the six of us mm-hmm. <laughs> the six of us so it's yeah i think it's good to to talk about how friendships have kind of happened because it's it's good to see people talking about it and people saying like don't pressure your friends be understanding and create boundaries and be respectful of boundaries because yeah it's it's new and we should a friendship mm. is a relationship and we should always value that it needs work it needs nurturing mm-hmm. just as relationships mm. do um, and maybe even counselling soon I'm telling you now it will happen in three years put it in yeah. your diary lads yeah. and we'll uh... oh. also though also don't be <laughs> like don't be too scared to call your friends out though at the same time don't bottle it up for 20 years hugely call it out like <laughs> I think yeah on that note I love bottling Lauren, things I have some things oh. to discuss <laughs> <laughs> I have I have one thing to say before this oh. is over. If you've been listening to this podcast and you've heard faint burps <laughs> throughout it, right? Lauren. I will own up. And if you're want and if you're wondering whose voice is that, I don't know whose voice. This is Sophie no, Duncan. No, I have been <laughs> I have been burping this whole time. And I've been doing this Taze on day thing where I take my phone away to burp and I don't know if that's <laughs> been helpful or not. But, Lauren, yeah, I love that's this because you can't, you did can't it. pretend to be anyone else because there's no other Irish person here uh, and there's no one who even... Yeah, <laughs> that's like me being like, hey, you know, it's Ashton. I was, I've been so, I'm Sophie. A-up. I am going to do some <laughs> Lauren's burps for the end of this episode. I've never, I, Aren't you from I've Emmerdale? Never, I'm from Emmerdale. 
<laughs> no. And guys, Emmerdale that's why you and the friendship. Emmerdale is, is first off fictional <laughs> and second off in Yorkshire. What? And I'm not from Yorkshire. I'm from Manchester. I'm in the North East. Are you so from Manchester? I'm in Manchester. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't, support, I don't support any of the teams. Sorry. I don't care Me about either. football. Sorry, lads. Unless it's like a girl by Rion Pictures. Okay, guys. I love football. Oh, Watch it, stream it, stream it on Vimeo. Streaming RianPictures.com. <laughs> you can watch season one and season two as long as well as our award-winning feature film, Debbie. Also, coming out for Christmas, got into four film festivals. Woo! Woo, woo, woo. Huge. Very excited. Um, yes. Yeah. Okay, we will see you next week. Um, be good to your friends. Call out your <laughs> shitty friends and... Stop watching bad films. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you love them. Bye. 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 Bye.